Hey everyone, welcome to Homestyle Table Talk. I'm Duncan. And I'm James, and welcome to a fireside chat with a couple amateur experts. You're listening to Season 1 of Homestyle Table Talk, where our discussion topic is art. If you're interested in more content, you can follow us on Instagram at htt.pod. Or you can go to our website at httpod.fyi to check out our blog, our story, and our merch. A special thanks to the West Coast Feed for hooking it up with our soundtrack for the podcast. Head to your nearest music streaming service to check out the rest of their tracks. Well, we're joined in the studio today, the Homestyle Table Talk studio, by none other than... Oh, it's me, John Boyd, captain of Impromptu. Hey! Ew. <laughs> are we gonna get, I don't know if we're gonna get anything done on this episode. That's okay. It's just gonna That's be a, a whole bunch of giggling. <laughs> and we're also joined in the studio by Daniel Thompson, DT Mosey on the mic. Drop that, that beat, me. Daniel. What? Now pick it up. We need it for our beat casserole. Oh no! That sounds disgusting. This is gonna be the whole episode, isn't it? Yeah. This I'm fine be, with that. Yeah, That's okay. what we did when we invited John and Daniel to come on our podcast. Episode 10, Homestyle Table Talk. Episode 10. It's the last episode of season one, which has been about art. And we're excited to wrap this thing up. So John and Daniel, tell us uh, tell us why you're here, other than we extended an invite. Actually, I wasn't even invited. <laughs> That's true. I did open the front door and I was like, oh, it's a John and a Daniel thing. It's a thing. we. It's I, an us. Which is fair, because you guys are roommates and old friends of ours, and so... It's great that you guys are both here. So, I mean, what uh, what are you guys excited most about in terms of this conversation that we're having on our last episode of season one? Not to, you know, put the pressure on, but there it is. Not to sound cheesy. I'm excited to hang out with you guys. Hey, we dig it. It's been a while since the four of us have gotten together at all. It's probably been... The, the four of us have been in the same room? Years. Probably. Multiple years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to be back. John? I mean, gosh, he stole mine. I was going to say the same thing, but I was also going to point out that of the few times that we've all been in the same room and at this particular location, I think this is actually where Daniel met you and you for the first time. I'm excited that all of you will be able to listen to John and Daniel's great thoughts about the world. I They're a bunch of jokesters. Both of them were in, improv and and have a lot to say and a lot of opinions about different things. And so I think they'll be super valuable to listen to tonight. Yeah, and they're really both good good on their feet too. Daniel, as we were walking into the studio, Daniel was like, I'm not going to be talking. I was like, I don't know about that. We, we might be able to get you to... Except we're sitting down. What do you mean? Well, it's hard to think on your feet when you're sitting down. Oh, see, this is exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Hey, good to have you guys here. So, James... Do you want to guide us into our conversation today? Last week we set it up, um, set up the pitch. So let's try to swing it out of the park for this last episode. Yeah. So what we've been doing is we've been setting up this conversation about the punks and different ways that art and science actually go together. And there is a show on Netflix with Jonah Hill Uh, and Emma Stone. Okay. And uh, it's a perfect example of the punks where you take one era of technology and you just extrapolate on that. Okay. What it would look like into the future about... um, how how science and art will will go together in in the future days and so great i i thought maniac was a super great example and we can talk about that a little bit more but but i was just even going through my days and just scrolling through netflix and i saw this show Mm -hmm. and it just made me even more excited to have this conversation about the punks because i had never really thought of them as things that were integral to our understanding of art at this time and so 
Interesting. I'm excited for you to educate us, Duncan. Yeah, well, I, I'm honestly just here to, again, sort of introduce the topic, and then we can kind of talk about what, what we all think about it. What, if you don't mind me asking, what is the technology that, that, that Maniac takes to its full extent? They take just 80s technology and extrapolate it into the future. So Interesting. there's okay. like really like rugged subways and <laughs> there are a bunch of neon signs. Great. And there's like Love neon it. signs that scroll between different colors. Okay. And they show like different advertisements and they're all like layered on each other. Great. Um, okay. You hire someone. Like if you don't have have money to pay for like a subscription service, yeah, you hire someone called an ad buddy, and they're a physical human, and they just walk next to you for the entire day, telling you about different advertisements, huh. and it just like shows like the way that our technology actually influences us now, okay, in a different style. I like in that. a different format. It's really really cool. So it draw it kind of draws attention to the things that we take for granted in everyday life, yeah, by making it abnormal. By by setting it up as something that maybe we're attracted to, like I know, like we've been talking about '80s um, culture being a heavy influence nowadays. So it uses that something that's attractive to us to point out, almost in a satirical fashion, the things that we are blind to today. Is that kind of a correct oh, summation? Ex exactly, exactly what that is. Fascinating. Yeah, it was it was really cool to watch. Cool, that's interesting. So one of the punks that actually is pretty close to my heart is cyberpunk. And I mentioned last week that it's probably one of the closest things that we have to just real life nowadays, um, you know, and, and that would be, you know, very fashion forward, very, you know, shave the side of your head. You have tattoos that glow up and your cell phone is in your hand and there's, um, you know, there's clear umbrellas yeah. and lights, like just lights everywhere, uh, yeah. hover cars. And I think of this as like, there's really big billboards everywhere yeah. and on everything. So one of my favorite movies is blade runner and oh, it's a yeah. perfect example of cyberpunk where it, it's kind of a near future sometimes you can get distant future cyberpunks that happen but i think a lot of it a, a lot of what makes cyberpunk relatable to us nowadays is the fact that it kind of feels pretty close like it feels pretty tangible these things that we see on the screen Especially as we look towards VR and absolutely AR, and yeah, and and ho the holograms being introduced and and technology being sort of weirder and more diverse and and more sort of surprising in in the like oh maybe I, my cell phone will be lodged into my skin at some point like that doesn't seem super far off. Yikes! <laughs> yeah. I mean, or or like an eye implant doesn't seem very far off. Where totally. I'll see my screen just in my eye, like which is why walk around with a big black box. Yeah, which is funny that you that you bring up the eye thing because that's actually a theme in Blade Runner is eyes. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, one of the plot points in Blade Runner is surrounding an, an eye, an artificial eye that um, a certain bioengineer had created and they were like tracking it down because they needed to find him so that he could maybe extend their lifespan and all that stuff. So it's funny. I just thought it was funny that you brought up eyes. Yeah. It, Cause in, and you're right. It does feel like something that's honestly pretty near future. Like doesn't seem that far away. I've, I've, I've even seen like on the market contacts that have yeah. like AR features to them. And yeah, well, and it's definitely, a, I've seen again, articles about, researchers trying to put technology into contact lenses and be able to take photos with contact lenses and you know all of these things which is very it's weird and kind of creepy but also like that it seems familiar right because i think we've we've seen it in a lot of 
artistic depictions. Or even how far is, away is that from like Snapchat Speculoos? Spooktacles? Spooktacles. I... Yeah. Snapchat Spooktacles. There we go. Whatever they look like. They're ridiculous <laughs> to wear. Have you uh, no, seen I've never someone walk one. around? I have. Them? Yeah. I was at like Disneyland or something. Actually, I think someone had them on campus. Oh, that's weird. Which is like, why? Just go to class. <laughs> It's it's not about that. It's about the principle. Oh, go. okay. I'm okay with principles, I guess. I want to do things on my own terms. Okay. Okay. Sleep during class, stay that's awake right. at night studying. Yeah, that's right. The system can't bring me down. Sick. <laughs> so Blade Runner is one example of, of like a cyberpunk thing. And I know, John, you're a huge fan of Star Wars, which is its own specific genre um, of this more like lived in futuristic technology which is different from other things that we've that, that preceded it can you talk some a little bit about that yeah it was interesting star wars came out in a time where science fiction up until that point had been very clean had been very uh precise all the atmospheres were almost like white like i think of star trek like okay, yeah. all mm. those uniforms the the deck the ship it's very clean right uh, and because the idea of the future up until that point had been this kind of distant utopia where we kind of have all these like modern day problems or inconveniences yeah. just solved and everyone wears the same clothes for right. some reason. Yeah. Yeah. everyone looks like a realtor <laughs> just walking around <laughs> the f- three primary colors that's yeah. a wardrobe um what a disaster <laughs> yeah what was interesting about and and a lot of that is kind of following on the heels of you know when we're talking about the punks like ray punk uh okay. which was very like I, i'm thinking like 1920s hg wells like war of the worlds okay yeah, up okay. until like 1940s forbidden planet um yeah. and you've got this kind of like idea that you've got the like the big bubble glass helmets yeah. oh, you've yeah. got the, the laser guns like everything's very curvature the yeah. jetsons right okay. oh, and it yeah, kind of yeah. morphed into very, yeah. um atomic punk okay. which is almost indecipherable except <laughs> that uh, everything is using nuclear power okay and it was interesting because it brought it it brought it down just a little bit to this more real tangible thing like ray punk was right. this kind of this out there like wow what if we yeah. were starting to dream as a nation like uh, and the nuclear power became a real thing and it almost added this level of realism into the genre and so it's like oh now now this actually yeah. looks like something that could happen oh, for sure. star trek comes out and those technologies you okay. know weren't obviously that far away yeah they're yeah. using ipads and cell phones and pretty much yeah fl- like flip phones right, yeah, yeah. Just, i, I which, saw someone on instagram like yeah <laughs> which as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is that the art that star trek was actually inspired scientists mm-hmm. to come up with the ideas for like how to make a flip phone possible and how to make ipads and other things like i i've heard that well, you can make a phone in any shape and size, but they're like inspired by Star Trek okay, yeah. and decided to make a flip phone. Because actually before flip phones, there was like those like block Nokias. <laughs> That's right. Which yeah, were yeah. indestructible yeah, and they're wonderful. Still land. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're still in the landfill for sure. And uh, and then you have flip <laughs> well, phones like aren't. Razors and Motorola, like that just broke in half and like super flimsy. Yeah. But because we had this like cultural image, like, oh, this is what the future looks like. We created it. That's what I think is interesting about art and honestly, like where we're at with physical things and what we make things out of, such as plastic, mm. is we can almost create what our present is based on what we want our future to be. Oh, say that again. Ooh, come on. Oh, come on. Say, say one that more again. time. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> we can create what our present is based on what we want our future to look like physically. Like, okay, do we want Ooh. neon lights? Do we want a sleek square iPad? So it's what kind ma- of up to us, you know? Yeah. 
where I, I guess what you're saying is that for years and years and years, we had constraints and like different things that like caused our physical world to be the way that they were. Mm. And then we came up with, with technology. That's really fascinating. And now we can 3d print any shape. I was just going to say so. like, once you put the ability to create and manipulate synthetic materials on a, a really small scale, um, but a really accurate scale and with a vast amount of materials too. Like it just kind of unlocked people's vision for what they could cr- even create for themselves. I think for them, I think that's like the biggest win in technology recently yeah. is putting kind of putting the dream back in the hands of everyday tinkerers and makers. Cause like, right. I think the tinkering thing has always since I think the, maybe the Renaissance the tinkering thing has been been a cultural norm, mm-hmm. you know, because people had free time. More people and more and more people have more free time to just be idle. And I actually, I'll bring this back maybe at the end, but I read an article this morning about how being idle is the most important thing for creativity. Mm. But That's good. That'd James. Really good. What you're saying about having free time or mm-hmm. even what you're saying about you like being able to create our future reminded me of the fact that for years and years, like the, the reason that we have billiard balls, the, the shape and the size that we do mm-hmm. is because the only thing that was consistent enough of a material to play billiards with hmm. or pool, as mm-hmm. it's normally called, yeah. was ivory tusks of elephants. And so there's this huge trade to kill elephants for their ivory tusks to make pool balls. And the first plastic ever created was someone was trying to figure out a way to make billiard balls that weren't killing elephants. Good on that. Wow. And so you were saying like, oh, we had these couple materials, but like yeah, yeah. such a finite resource like elephants, like totally was made possible, like that we still have elephants because plastic was possible. Yeah. And like a person figured out how to make plastic, which was what billiard balls were first, like the first commercial bill- billiard balls were plastic. It's crazy. Interesting. Because you could only get three billiard balls out of a elephant's tusk. Oh, it's terrible. I bet I could get four. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah, not try. <laughs> what John was saying actually reminds me of something we we got to in episode nine, where like every once in a while, like a technological shift is made. Mm-hmm. And then we like make a movie like The Matrix or like Ready Player One. Yeah. That gets us actually closer to what the future will look like and yeah. shows a dystopia. So like we had War of the Worlds and there was like this big bubble orbs and whatnot and like aliens were coming. And then like we made the next example and then years and years and years, like every five, ten years we make another example. And you were saying how the Matrix, which is made in that cyberpunk fashion, is just, it's really fascinating how now we have like new forms of that, like Ready Player One, which is... Mm -hmm. Which is very... Yeah, because Ready Player One and The Matrix are very similar stories and very similar, I think, warnings about what technology can do. But they're like presented in very different ways um, and arguably to different accessibility levels. Mm. So it was just inspiring to me that Daniel and John both had these ideas about like the futures that we can create and how it goes into our art and how like they reinforce one another. And so I was just thinking about that with our different movies and, and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's great. And I, I, I kind of want to hear more about what John has to say about Star Wars and the specific genre of art that it kind of, I don't know if it pioneered. What would what would you say, John? I kind of want to hear more about that because to me, Star Wars is really inspiring as artistic expression. Yeah. And well, and Star Wars kind of took a corner with this whole genre because because, yeah, up until a point, everything had been really clean and almost in a way inaccessible. 
because okay. there was just this assumption that, well, in the future, we'll have figured out like some of these problems. Like everything dirt. will be clean. <laughs> right, everything will be clean. Like some Windex just comes out with some crazy <laughs> product and just everything's clean all the time. Uh, but George Lucas had this very specific vision that he wanted everything to look used, looked, lived in, looked yeah. like, like it wasn't this brand new technology. It wasn't necessarily a showcase of the technology. It uh, was the technology was more of a platform to tell the story. And it became oh, then good. this more real thing because yeah. it, it suddenly was like, oh yeah, that's exactly how it would look if this was a technology that was available. And so it kind of immersed you in the world a little bit because there wasn't that extra lens of like this unattainability. Yeah. There was less assumptions that had to be made about the technology. It made it so much more real. Yeah. 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 And then, and then the focus became more about the the story and the characters and the narrative that they were telling. Yeah. Cause I don't, I also, I don't feel like I ever had to be convinced to like buy into the technology that was being used right because i feel like with star trek which i love you still have to do a little bit of work to where they explain oh this is a device that does this very specific thing totally and it's like super common and you're kind of thinking well what are the implications of that being like a common technology right why are we still having these other problems that show up in the show as opposed to in star wars i feel like because it was lived in because it was a part of the world and not like it was backdrop and not, it didn't have to, it wasn't a plot device really. It was more, this is how things are, you know? Right. Cause if it's a plot device, that's where I feel like the failing of the last Jedi was where they have that whole sort of race where they're, ju- they're the, the rebels are staying just out of range of that huge ship. Right. And it became about the technology mm. and the failings of the technology right. and mm. the dynamic at play was like, I didn't buy it. Yeah. Right. Well, it became too much of the story. You again had to make too many assumptions because they're like, well, we can somehow track them through this thing. And if you deactivate this other object, then you can maybe like, there was too much, there was too vague. It was too much about the technology. Whereas I think that the genius of some of the dialogue in like the original trilogy was like, they would just come out and be like, Hey, I have a thermal detonator and everyone gasps and no one's like, Oh no, a thermal detonator that causes heat to make things explode. Like there was no explanation. It was just, you had to kind of, from context clues, put together like, oh, shoot, that detonator, that sounds explosive. And like, you kind of right. get from how everyone else is reacting because you're just immersed in the world. That's just yeah. a part of the world. You don't ever have to explain away or hide things. Mm. You're just like, well, this is what this is. Right. Or even, yeah. even like lightsabers. Like, it doesn't take a kid any time to buy into the fact that lightsabers work. Yeah. And right. like, it makes sense. Like, oh, yeah. I want one. Obviously, it works that way. Yeah. But like... There's so many questions that you have when you actually think about them or or whatnot. It's like it's so not about the technology. It's just like it's a an artifact within this like piece Oof. of art. That makes me really I don't know if it's inspired, but it's definitely intrigued about story writing and how you we have to we as creators and if you're a writer or a storyteller, making sure that you're backdrop is your backdrop and that it it doesn't take away from the story that you're trying to tell yeah and there's almost a an element of having faith in your audience to the degree that if you're trying to over explain the things that you're putting in the in your world question whether you should put put them in your world right you know which i think may again is like once they started trying to explain the force 
Yeah. Like the, yeah. The, the yeah. original trilogy was great because it was mysterious. Yeah. It was, you know, it's it's in the trees, yeah. the rock, the ship. It's an energy. Yeah. The, the second trilogy was like. And then as soon as you brought midi-chlorians yeah, in the midi There's bacteria in the blood and they can use the force. Yeah. So you can use the force. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. And wait. It, if you have more of them, then you're more force sensitive. And then it just becomes, it's like, no, leave it a mystery. Right. Well, and I mean, part of the genre itself is like you're not supposed to necessarily understand everything. Yeah. It's this, it's putting you into this kind of new world with these new variables and trying yeah. to suss out the scenarios and yeah or even even like there are some scientific things that they tried to put in that are just wrong like right. traveling within 12 parsecs well because 12 parsecs is a distant distance yeah not a time, not a time. And so which like, everyone assumed at first it, oh that's a time that's a time right and it's like oh we feel totally fine just leaving that and not roasting star wars because yeah it wasn't about the 12 parsecs right no it was about what what he was communicating right. there i did watch solo last night yeah, it was about the twelve parsecs. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was the whole yeah, that was yeah. the entire thing. Which is funny to me because I'm like, I'm almost like what? Sorry. Wow, <laughs> strong opinions. I, I'll tell you what though. As much as I loved the movie, I have not seen it once on the main page on Disney Plus. So that do tells want, me. Do you want to know why? Why? Because they still have a deal with Netflix, and so it's still on Netflix streaming. <gasps> Interesting. I oh. was looking at that last night because I was like, I want to watch Solo, and I searched it, and I looked at it said play trailer. I was like, I want to play the movie. Yeah, what if I wanted to just watch the movie? <laughs> and <laughs> so I looked at the description, and it said this will soon be available on Disney Plus, um, but it is currently unavailable due to current, uh, like current agreements, current streaming agreements, or something like that. And I went immediately to Netflix, and boom, there it is. So, but I will say about Solo, it's funny if you've seen the movie with the whole 12 parsecs thing, because he goes through a lot of crap in those 12 parsecs and you're kind of like, he probably could have made it in 11. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> he almost got sucked into a black hole and like got diverted over here and then did this other thing over there in the middle of all that. But, oh, oh I still made the castle run in 12 parsecs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cause what is, doesn't Lando say it can't be made in under 20? Yeah. Yeah. Looks they had like that very particular route, like it was yeah. the only way through. It's like gorgeously like, depicted, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Very interesting in terms of like space elements, where throughout Star Wars you see maybe an asteroid that has like a big worm thing that has Moinox in it. Yeah, but or then, maybe it's just like a potato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they like painted a like an asteroid. Potato. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like space is rather empty, and then in Solo they're like, just kidding. There's clouds and giant space squids yeah. and. It's a lot more interesting. So I I don't know. I really enjoyed that movie. I kind of resonate with it now because it's almost like, you know, we've definitely, Daniel and I have gone on a hike and mm -hmm. to get to like the summit or the ridge or whatever, it should be 12 miles. Um, but there are definitely times where we like take paths that are shorter for sure, yeah. but much more difficult. And so I can see myself bragging. is like, oh yeah, I did a Bandera mountain in two miles. People are like, you can't do a Bandera mountain in yeah, two miles. It's a three and a half mile like, hike. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, it like, oh, but I did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I, yeah, did. I climbed yeah. directly <laughs> up the hill. Yeah. Which um, is like, oh yeah, it makes sense that he would be bragging about that all the right. time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think most of our experience have been like, I think this is just a mile. And then it's like 12 miles. Yeah. That happened to me one time. I was out with a friend. We were shooting for some promo video and 
we were kind of looking up on the internet. This was years ago before we had smartphones, I think. So we're like, oh, totally. We'll just do this. And we dressed up in our like boots and, and, and jeans and whatnot. It was like a 10 mile hike one way. And we were, we had 70 pounds of camera and drone gear. Oh, geez. And it was just so much fun. Honestly, yeah, I look back like at that and I remember, I'm like, yeah, I should go back and do that hike with actual shoes and just have a good time as opposed to just struggling for Try to redeem that hours. location in your mind a <laughs> yeah, little bit. Exactly. Um, okay, so bringing it back to Star Wars and kind of the impact that that had in the culture and as we mm. kind of defined these areas of technology, you see it for the first time really come together into this real and tangible way. Mm. And it honestly started to make us think as a society like, Oh, shoot. Well, what if it's not all utopia yeah. or, or all of a sudden like this is accessible, but hey, the world's not clean. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't solved all these little problems. And so like what dirt. about these big problems? <laughs> right. And so and we had seen a little bit of that, too. Like in the 60s, uh, you'd started to see this rise of uh, dystopian storylines okay. and kind of these thought provoking stuff. And 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 for sure, in the punk genre, you see diesel punk. Yeah. Uh, which you mentioned earlier. And that's a very like World War One, World War Two. And it's very gritty and it's very dark which is indicative of its time because technology at that point was meant to be efficient and militaristic. Mm. And and so the the connotations there then are are very dark and gritty. So it was influenced by sort of the societal goings on, AKA war specifically as like diesel punk was, you saw all these very large machines being made mostly for war. Right. And so you kind of carry that to its logical extent. Is that kind of an accurate depiction of diesel punk? Yeah. Well, and I think all the punks operate that way. Uh, the the theme and the aesthetic and the feeling of the, the punk hmm. is kind of based in what we felt about that technology at the time. Mm, so steampunk is very whimsical, very light, very utopian. Yeah. Because Yane, of that time. Victorian clockwork. Right. right and there's right. also a lot of uh, steampunk storylines that include magic as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very. Fairies. Well, and, and at the time, you know, it's this Victorian age. It's this rise of industry. Suddenly all these things were possible yeah. through the power of technology. And we were able to yeah. explore so many other wow. places. And, I've never thought of that. And, and so, yeah, you see a lot in the artwork and, and the art of like steampunk you get that sense of like you get these big balloons and yeah. flying sailing ships and bright Dirigibles. brass and cosmos. yeah yeah you get kind of get this uh like around the world in 80 days right. was, okay. honestly, that was the prime example in my brain yeah. for what this is yeah and so so then you but uh, unfortunately like as a society we start to see the effect of technology um, because technology starts increasing at a rapid rate and so yeah. almost decade by decade you have these new problems and so in our art it starts to reflect that and so you go okay. into this like you kind of dip into this like cassette futurism yeah. which is like I think of like back to the future totally. and it's really this delve in and it hasn't gotten like really dark yet but it's this delve into like hey all all this technology we have could very easily become these things. Almost like so. even even like Terminator came to mind. Yeah. Of of again, sort of com- computers becoming a thing, and then I like robot. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Artificial intelligence taking over. Yeah. Those sorts of things. Right. And so, and then you start to get into that, and then it turns into like cyberpunk was then yeah, yeah. kind of coined, I think, in the nineties. Okay. Um, and it was this idea of this scenario where it's this near future, high technological advancement, but you're looking at kind of the fringe groups. You're looking at the outside, the marginalized. Mm-hmm. The, there's like a lot of cybernetic enhancements. There's like right. a lot of underworld, black market stuff. Like okay. it's away from the utopia because okay. that's kind of how we felt as a society. It's like, hey, 
technology isn't solving our problems the way that we thought it was going to. Okay. So away from sort of that Ray punk. And That's right. Okay. Where, where it was oh, really like, okay. it was very happy and utopian because technology has solved problems. Yeah. And without these problems, we're going to be a free and happy society. I think that we realized very quickly like, oh no, technology just helps us do stuff but the problems aren't in the technology it's in us and so then the art started to reflect like okay well what do these problems look like with different technologies not necessarily do the technologies solve these problems so that's where we get to maniac where it's like these are the same problems with different technologies. That's right. And that's where we get to things like Black Mirror, yeah, um, right. Altered Carbon is a show right. on yeah, Netflix yeah, that's sure. very much like that. And then you get into all these niche genres like biopunk okay, um, yeah. and, and some of these other like you're taking these technologies that we're looking at and you're honestly looking at them through a lens of being concerned about, yeah. well, what is this going to do to society and, oh, and, and how okay. are we going to kind of bounce back from that? I think I, one movie that comes to mind, have you guys seen Gattaca? Yeah, I love That's Gattaca. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah that I was have, actually the one coming to my which brain. Which is funny enough. It's not even like a technology driven movie. Correct. It's, it's more about genetics. Societal, what's well, I guess even a societal driven yeah, like no, that's true. societal values. It's essentially just a story about where they've almost perfected genetics and um, they can essentially create the optimal human. Yeah. And there is, who is it, Jude Law that I think plays the main character? Yeah. Oh, Love man. Jude Law. Um, what a Jude. What, what a movie. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, what's called, I think, a love child or love something child. like that. Yes. Yeah. Where he's a child made just by normal biological means, shall we say. And he has to live in this world where everybody is genetically superior to him. And it's fascinating. Because what they do is they, they essentially bioengineer every infant for the best, you know, athleticism and intelligence and all of these other physical qualities. And then they're born and then they are raised in the society and it's Jude Law's as a, as a natural birth, as a, a natural create naturally created human is his struggle with to fit into a society and to be accepted, even though he has to wear glasses and isn't as strong as his brother and all of these things. And so he, he goes through all this huge process of, of trying to impersonate someone who has excellent genes. So he has to like shower every day and like scrub all of his cells off because he has like, he has to blend in. And if, if they catch any of his, basically natural cells around then they can like learn oh this guy shouldn't even be around us it's just fascinating and it's it like what lengths a man will go to in order to achieve the things that he thinks are right um and and fight society with that and it's a very inspiring story the ending is great what i like about that movie and movies in this sort of well actually a lot of movies in the punk genre is that it's almost like a culmination if you will of people's imagination Mm. and technology with where it's at, but then also with where we want technology to be Mm. kind of like with the, the differences between Star Trek and Star Wars Mm. where things, I think in Star Trek, it feels like it's shot on a set, honestly. Yeah. Um, And obviously it was, but um, with Star Wars, yeah, when they made it more real and then with things such as what was the new show? Maniac. Maniac. Um, Gattaca, other things like that, is they're not being, again, so specific with the technology. Yeah. They're leaving that up to our imagination, which I think is interesting because mm. when an artist is creating something, they're using their imagination, but they're also still having to leave room for 
whoever's consuming the art and their imagination as well. Yeah. I, lo- I love the idea that, that a great storyteller will actually leave enough for the audience to put together themselves so that the audience is actually invested. Because the if you if you tell too much, then the wonder and the imagination and the story, the story of it is lost. Because then it's, it's just a, a court record of things that happened rather than a fairy tale where you have to kind of imagine what things look like and what things might might be. It's more of an invitation to be part of the, or part of the creating, yeah. if you will. Oof. Mm. Good art requires creation from the audience. A lot of our conversations have come back to this idea that we impose different things onto art that we observe, mm. that like in that process, we kind of are creative or in that process, even as it comes to our first conversation about Instagram traps, like yeah. we are participating with this art that is created. Mm. And so it's really cool that that, that is, has been a consistent theme, mm-hmm. one that neither of us saw as we started this. So thanks, Daniel. That was, that was real good. Yeah. Wow. It's been such a joy to have John and Daniel here joining us, having this conversation. I've learned so much from both of them. Yeah. Truly, oh, truly just a good time. I, I knew that I might be able to get some Star Wars out of John and Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, I knew, I know you came in here saying that you didn't want to talk a whole lot, but you, you just dropped a, a little bit of wisdom at the end there. And I, I really liked it. So appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. It usually takes me like 10 minutes of build up to say something as good as what you can just say in a sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love how this has been an opportunity to share all of those things that I've learned from like little articles I've read yeah. or like classes I've taken or just like shows that i've watched on the internet and podcasts i have thousands of podcast hours i've listened to yeah deep dives yeah so it's like so good that this has been a chance for us to be able to to talk and air those things out it's it's been a learning experience even just to share them so thank you guys for 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 listening well and thanks so much for having us here it's such a fun thing to honestly even talk about some of these things because you know where else do i get to exercise my knowledge of old sci-fi tropes yeah like, yeah it's just not something that has really uh sh- paid any dividends in my resume <laughs> um yeah it's kind of that and then i can make minute rice in 58 seconds those are my two things yeah on my resume, but no, it's even the whole premise of like amateur experts and, and, yeah. you know, we all walk around with this conglomeration of experiences and knowledge that we have acquired mm. based on our passions or the things that yeah. we've pursued. And so it's nice to kind of just talk about that in, in this context. Yeah. And even talking about things kind of like you said of where you don't get a whole lot of mileage out of out of it sometimes it's the things that some that often you wouldn't really think to bring up in a normal conversation that are cool to like just bring out here and and to to put on the table and say what do we think about that and how does that affect our view of art how does that affect our view of science how does that affect our view of the world um and it's been cool throughout this whole process of season one to see those things come out right through both having you john and daniel here having angela here having james here and and being able to share those things that again you don't often get a whole lot of mileage on i don't get a whole lot of mileage on my obsession with the 80s and 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 cyberpunk but you know not in everyday talk but now that i have a whole season a whole 10 episode season of of a podcast about it it's like hey you i don't even have to talk about that anymore you can just go listen to my podcast <laughs> i feel so honored just being here too because you guys are you guys have beautiful minds and to think about things in amazing ways, but I think it's super, super fun to sit down and take some intentional time to think 
Um, and that's something that I very much value for myself, but not something that I get to do with other people a lot um, out loud. So, yeah, so you would have taken me 20 minutes to produce that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's honestly, that's really all we have wanted out of this process is just to think about things and just to talk about them and, and make it feel comfortable. Right. And make and introduce ideas and concepts that, again, you don't get a whole lot of mileage out of. But if you if you have a few minutes out of your day that you want to listen to Homestyle, we we are so thankful for you and can't wait to see what season two holds. Season one, episode 10. This is Duncan signing off. This is James signing off. I guess this is Daniel signing off, too. I actually might just hang around. No. okay. this is John signing off. Unless. Am I still here? I think they I think they went. I think they Duncan! I don't know how to turn this off. What? There's there's lots of buttons. There's hundreds of buttons. Is this even on? The candle? <laughs> is the candle <laughs> is this on? Thing on? Is candle. This, this the... I don't know, it's a new candle. I've never had one before. Whiskey and oak. It's very nice smelling. <laughs> I'm definitely getting those uh, hints of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that smells like my grandfather. Is that a good thing? Or bad thing? No, I'm realizing some things. <laughs> oh. like, I'm having new know. memories. Oh. Oh. Like my oh. grandfather all the time. Ah, <laughs> he must have really been into oak <laughs> or candles. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Well, he did smoke. Tougher than it looks. Yeah, yeah it's it's people and you're like, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking since I was three. <laughs> you're like five words and you're like, I forgot the English language. <laughs>